The Path to Authenticity is brought to you by GIA Miami. Founded by world-class mental health experts, GIA provides advanced care for difficult-to-treat conditions, including anxiety, medication-resistant depression, and obsessive-compulsive disorder. Using state-of-the-art methods, GIA can help people recover from conditions when more traditional approaches can't. Dr. Antonello Bonchi has assembled an expert team serving international clientele in a modern and resplendent Miami setting. If you or someone you love is suffering from depression, anxiety, OCD, or other mental health concerns, call GIA at 833-713-0828. You can learn more about GIA by clicking the link in the show notes or by visiting GIAMiami.com. Thank you for listening to The Path to Authenticity. My name's Tom Gentry. I think of this show as the opposite of small talk. You'll hear real conversations with real people who know who they are. We talk about what makes them who they are, how they became who they are, and how we might become truer expressions of who we are. I'm Heather Sundquist Hall, and this is The Path to Authenticity. first time here thanks for checking it out if not thanks for coming back i'm tom gentry and this is the path to authenticity episode 203 for november 29th 2022 almost to the end of the year it's wild i can't believe how quickly this year has passed it's been a good one Great one, actually. Lots of good stuff in my life and hopefully in yours, too. This is a friend of the show in this episode. Her name's Heather Sunquist Hall. She's an artist living in Texas. I'll leave a link in the show notes for her website and shop. I actually had her do a little painting inspired by the podcast to commemorate the 100th episode, and I believe those are still available on her site. She she has a lot of really cool stuff. Definitely check out her website. If you want to buy a piece of original artwork to give someone for Christmas, this is a way to support a great artist and to, and to, to buy something relatively affordable to give to people you love. So, Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Heather Sunquist Hall. Thanks for having me. This, uh, I've been a fan for a bit, so this is really exciting for me. Thanks. Well, now... Now I'm like flush with <laughs> happiness all of a sudden because I think you're the first person who ever said they were the fan of, at least to me, 
Nobody else yeah. has ever told me they were a fan of the podcast. So Aww. I really appreciate that. Well, you're doing something pretty interesting. And I think, um, you know, there's so many podcasts out there and there's so many things you could learn and just hear about. And I feel like what you're doing feels really particular and kind of on point for probably what everybody needs is <laughs> to just like learn how to listen to themselves and just be who they are. And I feel like you, I don't know, you touch on that in a really, you know, and your guests touch on that in a really comforting way. So I'm a fan of all of those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, well, you know, um, that's kind of where I've been led in life, I guess, you know, um, and I've said this on the podcast before, I've kind of come to the conclusion over the years that every, like every time I was off course in life or am, you know, it's not like it doesn't ever happen anymore. Um, or every time I have made a mistake or if I really drill down, it probably uh, somewhere has something to do with me not being true to myself somehow. Yeah. It's such like a small like thing that you can just, I don't know, but it, I, I completely agree. I feel like I have definitely have moments of that where I feel like where things feel off or just things don't feel just right. Um, yeah. It's usually when I'm not listening to whatever's happening in my head. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, gosh, this is a big deal. I have to shift a lot of things. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've admired your artwork. Um, and you know, I think you probably found the podcast if, if I'm not mistaken, when I had Brian yep. Phillips yep. on, so yep. are you guys friends? We are. Yes. Oh, I've cool. known Brian for a few years now and he is, he's the best. He is just like a, a bright light out there and it's just hilarious. And he's just a real great person and his work is gorgeous. Yeah. I feel lucky yeah. to know him. Yeah. And I definitely, after having this conversation with him, felt like, man, I wish we lived in the same place. Like he's somebody yeah. I'd want to hang out with, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a great guy. He and his wife, Cynthia, are just they're just real good people. They cool. seem it and yeah. very, very happy. Yeah. And real down to earth and just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good things. <laughs> so, so you're part of that Austin art scene. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but as yeah. I found from your caller ID, you lived in Philadelphia. I did. For a while. I lived. I did. I lived in Philadelphia for almost a decade. That's where I went to college, and then where I, well, I actually did like an extended college experience because I wasn't sure what I was doing with myself. Um, so I was in New York and then I was in Philly. Um, and then after I graduated school, I stayed in Philly for a few years because I was teaching and, and then, and then I was just done with Philly. <laughs> so did you teach art? Well, yes, um, I did. I went to school for, when I was in Philadelphia, I went to school for, um, art teaching and I got a, like a BFA with a uh, teaching and uh, I think the other specialty on there is like fine art or something. So I did painting and printmaking and things like that. Um, but after I graduated, I got a job at a Montessori school doing their art program for their kindergartners. 
Um, so I did that for a year and then it was like a maternity leave position for someone who was out for, who was taking the year off after she had a baby. Um, and then after that, I just stayed working in Montessori. Um, I worked with the toddlers and I actually, it was one of the best things that I discovered in life is working with toddlers. I love toddlers very much and Montessori is a very close Hmm. world to me. Um, so I work at a school now, part-time, <clears throat> now in administration, but I've been working with toddlers kind of ever since. Wow. So yeah. so you also work at a school. So what does a day in your life typically look like? Yeah. Well, um, I have this very amazing opportunity this year where I only have to, like, I don't work in the classroom full-time anymore. I work um, in administration. So I only go into Austin for, for that position three days a week. Um, and so the days where I'm home in my studio, I usually, um, my husband and I have, we have two dogs. Um, and so we usually start by taking them for a really long walk just because it's good for all of us. <laughs> and um, we live in a teeny tiny cute town outside of Austin. So it's fun to just kind of explore what's happening in all of the little places along the way. Um, and usually I can't, I've discovered over the years that, and maybe it's because I've always had a full-time job and, you know, painted and did art stuff in the evenings, but I've discovered that the middle of the day, I can't be as creative as I want to be. And it's usually when I have to do like administrative tasks and things like that. And I don't really get, calm enough and centered and grounded enough to start painting until like the afternoon and the evening. And, um, my husband and I share a studio. And so we, you know, we'll, when we're both in here together, we'll just listen to podcasts, kind of taking turns picking and just, you know, paint until the paint until we can't paint anymore. <laughs> Sounds um, like a pretty good life. Yeah. It's, I can't believe I fell into it, but I am really grateful that I did. <laughs> yeah. So did you always know you were an artist? Um, I think off and on. I think when I was a kid, I just knew I liked making things and I liked using my hands to do things. And I was real, I don't know if I had anxiety as a kid or if I just knew I needed to be busy um, and just like being busy. Um, so I would make little books and, you know, make diagrams of all these different silly things and, um, you know, I think I was like make puppets and clay things and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. My sister and I were pretty, pretty busy in that way. My, um, my parents both were, my dad was a photographer and my mom sews and makes all kinds of stuff. And I think just, you know, just being around people who are busy all the time, it just kind of made, you know, instilled that in us of like, Hey, you can make all these things with your hands, like just go for it. And so, um, so when I was really young, I did a lot of, you know, creative things. And then, I don't know, I, I always kind of stayed close to it. But, you know, you get into that like weird middle school age where you're just, you don't know who you are and you think everything's terrible that you're making or doing. And so it's just you second guess yourself a lot. And so I feel like I experienced a lot of that, but um, stayed close enough where I went to school for art. And um, I don't know, I, I think... Uh, really honestly up until moving to Texas and like really focusing on painting and like honing in on different like skills within that, I really wouldn't consider being an artist. Like my first description of myself, I'd probably have, would have said like, Oh, I'm a teacher or something like that. Um, but now I think I take it a little bit more seriously and 
so I, I guess, yeah, now I'd say I'm an artist, but there are periods in my life where I probably wouldn't have thought that I was for various reasons. <laughs> well, when I look at your work, I mean, how could you possibly not describe <laughs> yourself as an artist? It just, yeah. So yeah. speaking of which, mm-hmm. um, how would you describe your work? Well, um, so I think a lot of my work is based on, you know, personal memories or just like nostalgia in a way. But I think the word that I'm feeling the most comfortable with lately and excited about lately is that my work is about storytelling. Um, And so it's all, you know, illustrations, but they're and they're based on my own memories and experiences or just, you know, things I've seen or that just kind of stick with me and I just kind of explore those in paintings. So I guess loosely based narrative pieces. (laughs) So do you have any adjectives that you could use to describe Mm, your work? Well, I would suppose. Would you rather not? Um, well, I think, well, I guess it's kind of tricky. I think they're a little bit like loosely like based on they kind of have like sometimes like a dreamlike quality or um, even like a a childlike um, like lens on them Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of looking back. um, I know they're very quiet and I because I think for me when I'm painting, it's it's the only time where I'm really quiet with myself. And so I really like focus on the quiet that. I'm ha- experiencing my mind as I'm painting. Um, but also color is really important to me. So I guess colorful would be another. Hmm. Jeez, I'm really hoping that I'm picking adjectives. No, you're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's suddenly when somebody says a word like that where you're like, oh, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, generally, L-Y is an adverb. The rest of it is. Yes. Adverbs. Yes. <laughs> so um, quiet is an interesting one, but. It definitely rings true when I think about, you know, the clouds or, you know, there's one that I'm thinking of that I think it might have been the one of them that you sent me that there's a car kind of in the center of the painting and it's the rest is kind of a landscape, but it has a little bit of a, a peaceful feel to it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I would say you mentioned um did what word did you use that relates to childhood? Oh, like through the lens of a child right. or something. Right. Yeah. I mean it has a um it it um it's more refined. It's too refined to call it childish. But yeah. it definitely there's a childlike playfulness um and i'd say probably optimism too there's a little bit of that that yeah that comes through yeah i mean like i never want anybody to be depressed after looking at my paintings <laughs> there's enough things in the world that i feel like people can get you know unfortunately you know disheartened by but i feel like for me you know painting is such like a really important release and a, you know time to just process what's happening in my head. And I, I just want, you know, somebody to take away that there's hope or there's just, you know, moments where 
everybody can have quiet, you know, even if it seems impossible, just like three seconds to just like pause and breathe is important. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of dreamy. I would say you, you, you said that. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little dreamlike. And then there's, um, well, you, you called them illustrations. I mean, they have a little bit of that feel too. Like I, when you said that, I definitely could see it in a book of like, um, well, I could definitely see you illustrating children's books, but also yeah. like a book of fables or something like that. That's mm -hmm. something like that would be really, yeah. really cool. Do you have like a dream project that you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's here? Well, yeah. So originally, it's funny. Um, I went to school when I was in New York. Um, I went to school um, at FIT for illustration and uh, in the hopes of making children's book illustrations. And, you know, within the first couple of years, I was like, oh, I don't think I can hack like being a freelance person in the world. Like, I don't have any of that, any of those skills. I just, I'll drown. You know, I just was feeling very overwhelmed by New York um, and just that experience. And so I left and then, you know, now it's however many years later and I'm like, oh man, like since moving to Texas, I'm like, oh, I really want to make a kid's book. Like I really want to illustrate a kid's book. I really like, um, it just feels really like something that's going to happen and on the, I'm on the path too. I just, um, I don't know. There's this, that fear of when you, you know, you've wanted something for so long that you, when you get to it, it's like, oh gosh, what if it, what if you realize you don't like it anymore? Or what if, you know, yeah. like, what if your dream comes true and it's terrible or, you know, so I, I kind of have that worry. Um, but it is something that I think about often. Well, what about writing your own book? Have you thought about that? Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I have a, um, um, something, a project with a friend that I'm working on where she, it's kind of also loosely based with, or not loosely based, but it's pretty close, um, fitting in the world of Montessori stuff. And so I feel like that's like a good partnership to sort of start. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately I would love to do both to, you know, write and illustrate when the time comes, but I feel like I need to baby step into it. <laughs> mm. So what's, what's the first baby step look like? Well, I think with um, working on this project with one of my really good friends, um, she's written something just about kind of what it is to what one of the most important aspects of like the Montessori philosophy is learning how to take care of yourself. And so she's written um, the text for, you know, from a child's perspective of like, these are the things that I know how to take care of myself. And these are the experiences that I have. And so um I don't know. I'll be illustrating those things, you know, the, uh, her text, but that's, I think the first step and just seeing how that feels um, and seeing how it looks and how it kind of comes together. I'm also somebody who um, painting wise kind of can be all over the place. Cause I get like worried that I'm going to get stuck in like a, a theme. <laughs> so I like, kind of like, going to be like Batero with all the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Like I, I, I get a little bit nervous about like getting stuck in something. And so I think that's the other part of why I've been hesitant to really like lean in on, you know, illustrating something that's like somewhat chronological and needing to be, there's a lot more pressure involved than just one off paintings like I do typically. So, but mm. there are steps we're actually meeting this, this week to kind of 
discuss some sketches and things and maybe, you know, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Should be fun. So anything else? Big, big dream projects? Um, well, I guess just to keep doing like this past year, I kind of had like a really wild time of just lots of, um, I had two really big art shows um, that I was in. And then also I did a big mural project. And I feel like I just, I don't know if necessarily one dream project would be it. I, I think just having opportunities continue to come my way, I feel like consistently forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like that, that always, you know, that would be lovely. Um, you know, and I, but I do believe that like the right things find you. Um, so I don't know. I try to be really open-minded about what's coming at me <laughs> and sort of what I, what, what I know that I'm putting out there that I can handle. Like I know this past year was so busy and it was amazing, but I just kind of was really depleted by the end of it. And so I, I'm kind of enjoying being back in the studio and just kind of experimenting again and working on tiny things and just kind of exploring. Mm -hmm. Um, because I felt like with all these deadlines I had last year, I really had to like be very, very like focused and very on top of myself and just, you know, it was crunch time and that was great, but I also am kind of enjoying this little space where I have to breathe around projects or just sort of try things and, you know, not feel like they need to be a finished thing just yet. I did a big solo show at a gallery in Austin called Preacher Gallery. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, 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 really big space. Um, and I, it was fantastic. The space is beautiful. And um, but I just, it was a lot of work putting all of the work together for it and kind of, you know, wrapping it all up and, you know, like, this is what the show is and, you know, here it is out in the world. And, um, that was a lot. And then while I was preparing for the, um, preacher show that Facebook contacted me, they have their artists in residence program and, um, they were opening a couple of new offices in Austin. And so they asked me to do a project and I, I don't know, I, I, I just thought, well, if they're going to, the, the whole theme of the thing is theme of the project is to just really like uh, challenge yourself and to do something you would never be able to do just in any other context. And so since my work is so tiny, I thought, well, I'll just give ask for like the most the biggest space that they have because they give you a tour of all like the offices. And um, I the one I asked to, you know, make something in was like 74. I don't know. It was giant. It was giant space. Mm -hmm. And so I made this proposal and I was like, wow, that was really big of me to like try that. And a few weeks later, they were like, yes, we want you to do something, but actually we want to give you this different space and it's a lot bigger. <laughs> and wow. so I was like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? Um, but it was great. Um, so that husband, was a lot of work. It was. It took about more work. Yeah, bigger means more work, especially when you're somebody who typically paints like six by six inch paintings or nine by 12 inch paintings. Like this was, um, let's see, it was 13 feet high. And I think the overall space was 94 feet long. It kind of like wrapped around um, a corridor. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty 
pretty fun, pretty fun, pretty overwhelming. I think the first week and a half, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, this is crazy. Cause I didn't, I wasn't able to get to, you know, the tiny things yet, mm-hmm. but by the end I got to paint a bunch of little like tiny hidden things throughout the whole yeah. piece. And yeah, it was a big thing, but, uh, um, my husband was a painter and he, uh, he graciously gave me his bike basically all of his summer to help me kind of figure like work on this so yeah awesome so and then after that i had this also kind of dream experience where i had a show at um it was in a three-person show at this place called the web gallery in waxahachie texas um with two of my very favorite painters like from forever (laughs) so that was kind of a I don't know. I felt like I was like, I could probably just never do anything again. Like I got to show with these two fantastic women and in this space, that's been my dream space. Uh, okay. Like I can yeah. be done now. <laughs> wow. So. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more. Oh, I hope so. I really, I mean, truthfully, I feel like I hope that there's more things that come where I get to, you know, show my work to other people or put it in front of other people, but also I just, it's just, I feel so lucky to have found painting as something that really kind of helps me process things and and sort of helps me just like stay close to my thoughts. And, you know, I feel like I win (laughs) on so many levels because I have this, like this space where I can just kind of be by myself and just paint something and just kind of process what, whatever happened throughout the day or, you know, upcoming things. Um, I just feel really lucky. So as long as I can keep doing that, I always like joke that like, I need to be really careful with my hands. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can't go bowling cause I could break up, break a wrist mm. or, you know, all these like silly things. So, you know, what I'm hearing from you, if you didn't have a really good relationship with yourself, you know, you wouldn't be able to appreciate yeah. that. So, yeah. You know, where's that come from? Because so many of us have a hard time with that. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's really interesting that you say that. I think, well, I I don't think that I've always had a really good relationship with myself. I think for a really long time, I've been like, you know, just, you know, I I just, I guess, didn't really, I wasn't appreciative of of myself. And so I feel like, again, since moving to Texas and, you know, being in my thirties, I feel like I was able to come to a place where it was like, I don't know, was able to come to terms with who I was and just what it was that I felt comfortable saying out loud that like, I really like doing this or I really like this. And I really actually don't like this. And this, these things aren't for me and, you know, trying to fit, you know, square peg and round hole kind of thing. I, I was able to kind of I don't know, I guess, get away from, um, in a good, in a positive way. And so, I don't know, I feel like probably, that probably sounds very vague, but (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like it's, you know, I, it's like, I think it's the gift of getting older, um, and just finding the people who also bring those, like who also are happy with who you are. I think that helps. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because the people who are happy with who you are tend to be the people who are happy with who they are. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I definitely feel like Austin is full of people like that who, or at least in the art community, the people I've um, been really fortunate enough to interact with are just people who are happy they're there, happy you're there, excited to see what you're making, excited to show you what they're making and just, you know, just want to support each other in a way that feels like so unique. Um, Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've thought over the years about how, I mean, writing is definitely a tool of self-reflection and a way to kind of stay grounded. And I've always loved that, you know, when you write, things come out that probably wouldn't otherwise come out. Yeah. And so, but I've never heard anybody talk about art, their art that way. Yeah. But that's what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, I think... um yeah, it's just, it's a fun little pocket in my brain to kind of explore in that way. And I, and I think it kind of just like, it frees up some of the, you know, the, the day-to-day grown up, like, you know, oh, it's Monday, crummy attitude. Cause you can, you know, be like, yeah, it's Monday, but you know, I'm going to paint this weird, you know, house in the cloud today. And you know, <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> like, <Right>. okay. <laughs> you know, how bad can things be? Um, right. you know, mm. yeah. so now who like in your childhood was there someone who sort of um inspired you to be an artist or were there who were those people who modeled you said your parents right (laughs) yeah um yeah definitely my parents um like my dad was a you know photographer um he he also worked at a newspaper when I was growing up and so I think just like printed things and that kind of, I don't know, production aspect was really, I think, um, exciting for me to be around, you know, just going into like the, um, the, I forget what they would call it, but in where they were making all the plates for the newspapers, like how they, oh, the you know, press room. The, yes, yes. He, he like managed the press room, but in the That's... specifically where the, um, where they would do the, make the plates with the photos. And so you'd right. be like in a dark room. Um, so we'd go into there and it would just be so fun and, you know, kind of just exploring and he would just let my sister and I kind of like run around the place. And it used to be, a um, a, the, the building that it was in used to be a roller rink at some point in many years prior to the newspaper being there. So there was like this like abandoned kind of roller rink in the middle of it. And that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know, my mom definitely, she, you know, was always making and sewing things and made all of our Halloween costumes and um, just was always, you know, redoing something or upholstering and just sewing and making things. Um, and then I have an aunt who actually went to, so when I went to school in New York, I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. Um, and she went there as when I was growing up. And so she, we all lived with my grandparents um, for a little while. And my aunt was there and she was going to FIT and she, um, she was making, she would always be, uh, drawing patterns for a little while after school. She, um, worked at McCall's pattern company. And so she'd be on the kitchen table, like making all these like really cool, like 1980s, you know, fashions, like and all of these like patterns and things. Um, but she was, she was a really big inspiration, um, to me growing up, I think she would every year take us, my sister and I for our birthdays into New York city and like, go take us to like cool, weird stuff and see things. And, you know, she got us like 
you know, purple and pink wigs in the 80s, you know, for Christmas one year. I'm like, fingerless lace gloves like Madonna. And, oh you know, she gosh. just, she was really, um, she is, you know, she's, she, growing up, she was like an icon. Um, and now she's just, she's wonderful. She, she doesn't live in New York anymore. She lives in Virginia. Um, and her daughter's, her daughter, I think is in her senior year. My cousin is in her senior year of high school. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, your mom used to, we used to do this and this and this. It's just, I don't know. It's real, real yeah, fun. Yeah, so she I, doesn't, that's, I mean, teenagers, like, she's probably like, shut up. It's mom. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm like, look at all these things, you know, these photos of all of us back then. And Yeah. I know. I wonder. I'm like, I hope, I hope you appreciate your mom. <laughs> She's the coolest. <laughs> yeah. This morning I was driving my son to school. He's 13. And I was just looking over at him and just like in my head thinking, wow, what a freaking cool kid, you know, he's just such a great kid. Yeah. And I'm so proud of him. And oh, I'm looking awesome. at him and he's like, what? <laughs> like like he's like in a bad mood like right right what right what i didn't do yeah yeah i'm just getting I'm, into that teenager stuff now it's yeah. interesting it's definitely it's an adjustment for me as much as it is for him probably sure yeah i i, I don't have any children but i remember myself as that age and i was like Oh my gosh, mom, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was such a hot mess all the time. Yeah. Just like so moody and just like everything was always something and yeah. just like, yikes, everybody who I was around, I'm really sorry. <laughs> so, so what, what took you to Texas? Well, um, so I was in Philly for, um, almost 10 years and, you know, after being there for a while, like, I don't know, it just, Philly's wonderful and I love it, the city and I love going to visit and it was a great experience while I was there, but I just was, I don't know, I was ready for something different. Um, I didn't really want to move to New York. I wanted to be in, around another city, but New York wasn't it and I couldn't really like land on anywhere in the East Coast. And um, <clears throat> so my, my husband was also kind of in the same place. We were, you know, dating at the time and he was like, well, I'm going to go visit a friend in Austin. And so he came for he had some, you know, time, time off and was traveling and he came here for, I think a week was the plan initially, but he liked it so much. He ended up staying, I think he's, he picked up some work with some construction person and he stayed for a month. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I guess I should look for jobs in Austin then. And he was like, yeah, you should. So I thankfully, and you know, Montessori schools are all over the country and the world. And so I got a job at a Montessori school and moved down here. And, um, I wasn't really sure. I mean, I didn't, I visited before I came and I liked it. Um, and I don't know, it took me a year or so to like kind of feel settled. I mean, obviously it takes everybody a while when they move somewhere, but I didn't realize how, how hard a move would be as I was a little bit older. Um, I think I got here when I was 30, just 30. And it just, I don't know. I just was like, kind of a fish out of water I didn't really know anybody and I didn't really I just it was a lot to process all at once and I also wasn't really happy at the school where I was because I just assumed that all Montessori schools would be as wonderful as the one that I worked in in Philadelphia was and it turns out that's not the case and so it took me a while to kind of 
settle. Um, but I was really lucky to meet a lot of really great people and um, <clears throat> really great art people and just, I don't know, kind of settled in eventually. And now I'm like, I don't know what I would have done without this place. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel really lucky about Austin. Could you have ever imagined yourself living in Texas? No, no, not at all. I didn't, I didn't know that I would always stay in Philadelphia, but I didn't think, I, I didn't think ever it would be, you know, the South. <laughs> I just was like, Oh, I'll probably stay on the East coast, you know, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have an uncle that lived in Texas when we were growing up and we would always just like talk about how funny his accent was, <laughs> you know, and we're yeah. just like, Oh, what do they have there? Like, yeah. you know, horses, do you live on a ranch? And he was like, no, I live in Dallas. And, you know, I didn't understand it then because you know i was a little bratty kid but now i'm like oh yeah texas is vast and it is very different than than i had ever thought it could be um so it's kind of nice because you have a little bit of everything here yeah i feel that way about florida sometimes yeah you know there's a lot of different stuff to do here different parts of the state you know there's history and i mean obviously it's beautiful yeah but you know, it's, I grew up in Indiana and, uh, came down here when I was 23. And, you know, honestly, when I hear you talk about it, it took you a year to feel like you were at home. I'm like, man, I've been here for 23 years and it still doesn't really feel like home. Oh no. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's just that, you know, I know this isn't where I'm going to, this it isn't it doesn't end here you know sure yeah i just know that there's somewhere my spirit is going to feel more settled you know yeah. than it does here and yeah uh, so you know i just kind of decided at this point in my life i'm gonna be here at least a few more years so why not just just scope everything out and just decide go wherever sure. i want you know yeah there's there yeah there's so many so many kinds of places to live it's it's beyond our wildest dreams i think <laughs> yeah well and yeah i i was so you know i had all these self imposed limits as a kid and i mean i i knew i didn't want to stay in indiana but i didn't see myself leaving either you know mm-hmm. probably yeah. the family and all that and sure but um yeah, uh, now it's just, there's so many places that, I mean, one, I was talking to somebody about this earlier this evening that I kind of made up my mind, I don't know, I guess about five years ago that what I wanted to do is just gradually work toward being able to work from anywhere. Mm, yeah. And that's kind of what I've been doing. I mean, and it's... uh I'm getting closer and closer to it all the time. I mean, as I think about it, um, yeah, there's really nothing now that I'm doing to make a living that I would really have to do here. I mean, I could do any yeah. of it, just about any of it over the phone. And that's really exciting to me. That, know, yeah. The, the idea of like being able to be anywhere. Yeah. That's, I mean, to be able to have already kind of pieced that, 
piece together kind of frees you up from a lot of the re, you know, rerouting or rerouting or yeah, rerouting. Yeah. I don't know. One of those, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. yeah, it kind of, Both yeah, like acceptable. it takes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes you to like the next step a little faster and that's, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, I, I, you mentioned um, aging and how that has, positively affected you and uh i definitely feel that way yeah you know i like myself more than i ever have and um you know it's like i'm starting to get good at this life stuff now yeah yeah enjoying it a lot more right yeah like there's i think as you get older you just get to you know you just get to settle in and, and experiences kind of come up and you're like, oh, I know how I felt when this happened before or something like this happened before. Or I know I know what to expect. And I know like however many hard situations I've been through, like the world hasn't ended. I've been able mm-hmm. to get through them. Like yeah, it's going to feel really yucky, but it's still OK. Yeah, it's, right. Yeah. Everything's like, okay. relatively speaking. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Or just like, you know, what doesn't work for you too, which I think is a nice, a nice thing that I'm acknowledging as I get older is just, oh yeah, that, that kind of behavior doesn't work for me in in a relationship. So I don't know if I can be friends with this person or like, I don't know, this is, you know, this doesn't seem to work or, you know, you just, I mean, I don't know. I just feel more comfortable knowing my, my like hard nose or my, you know, like, yes. You don't <laughs> this second is... guess yourself as much. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I still do because I think I'll, I'll always be that person, but I don't do it as much as I used to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't cripple me as I feel like it once did. <laughs> so yeah. do you have, who, like, who are some of your favorite artists? Oh, Like if we, good... I mean, you know. Keep in mind that I don't know, I'm not in that world, so it, yeah. you might might use names I might know of, but sure. Well, um, and I might woman, know more than you think, but I mean, like local Texans, I might not know. Yeah, Brian. yeah. right. <laughs> well, Brian Phillips is one of them, yeah. so that's easy. Yeah. Um, well, so the two of the women that I had um, a show with at the Web Gallery in Waxahachie are two of them, actually my favorite painters. Um, One's name is Martha Rich, and the other woman's name is Esther Pearl Watson. Um, Martha Rich actually lives in Philadelphia, um, and Esther is in California, but she grew up in Texas. And Esther's work is really neat. It's about, like, kind of stories of her experiences growing up, but um, she had a really crazy upbringing where her dad would make, like, um, actually construct ufos in their front yard and would like tear apart parts of their house to like build this ufo in the hopes that it would work kind of thing um it's really kind of bonkers mm. but so she illustrates that kind of stuff and it's wow. real fun and, that sounds yeah, she, like a movie with richard dreyfus <laughs> it totally yes yes i know Boys right yeah. yeah yeah she she's really cool um and let's see, there's a woman in California that I really like whose name is Lindsay Stripling and her work's kind of, um, dreamy and, um, what's the best way to describe it? It's just this dreamy kind of watercolory. I don't know. They're very, they kind of range. She's got some 
figurative things in her work, but she also, it's really loose. And, um, I don't know. I just really, it's, it's really like warming on the eyes where you see it and you're like, Oh, that's lovely. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so many. I feel on the spot a little bit of favorite folks. Hmm. What Some about course. like the, the classics, you know? Well, so that's funny. I, you mentioned that. So I don't know if he would be considered a classic, but um, Magritte is mm-hmm. a is a huge, really um, yeah. And so I, I guess I'd seen his work, you know, growing up and obviously in our history and stuff. But for years now, I guess, I don't know, my husband keeps saying to me like, oh, that kind of reminds me of Magritte or that reminds me of Magritte or something that I'm making. And we just find, we have a book of his and um, on our, one of our coffee tables. And I was looking through it the other day and I was like, oh my goodness, I've been ripping off Magritte like, for the last couple of years. Like, um, so I guess I haven't been very subconsciously um, in love with his work for, for a while. We saw some of his work um, in Dallas, in, was it Houston or Dallas? I think maybe it's Houston mm. a few years ago. And gosh, it's just so incredible. It's funny it's because so as soon as you mentioned Magree, I thought, yes, that's, <laughs> that's what I see in your yeah. work. There's just the shapes and the, some of the colors, you know, the way he played with color and stuff. There's a yeah. painting of his that is at the art Institute of Chicago that I can never remember the name of it, but, it's uh it's the sun in the center of it but it's red the setting sun and uh and it's um you know it's there's some sort of vague greek classical buildings and but it's really simple and it's just i wish it would be one of those i can't find a print of it anywhere right i would I would buy it and frame it, yeah. but I can't find one. Aww. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know why, but yeah, no, I, uh, I can def that. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. I, I never really, I don't know. It wasn't ever intentional and that I, you know, I never felt in alignment with what he was doing. Not that I didn't, but it just didn't feel like, you know, I wasn't, you know, looking up his stuff and while I was in our history class or anything like that. It just kind of happened, which is kind of neat, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, um, that's my dog shaking. Uh, <laughs> Mine's snoring in the yeah. background. <laughs> the, uh, what he, you, you kind of use space the same way. Yeah. That's, you know, there's a roominess to your work. Hmm that exists and uh and you see that in some of his too yeah yeah i feel like especially in his like clouds and water pieces Mm -hmm. you just can like feel like you can walk out forever in them yeah yeah Mm. well i'm sure there's some other Mm. well i can't think of anybody right now because my brain feels on the spot on the spot (laughs) yeah Mm. um so, There's this, I'll, I'll say one person, and okay. th- there is this woman named Margaret Kilgallen. Do you know of her? I don't know. Her, I feel like she's a, probably one of Brian Phillips's big influences. Um, but she is, she was a woman who was, um, she worked in the library and she's kind of, 
I don't even know where to start with her. She um, was a painter in California in like uh, San Francisco area in the nineties. And she, um, she worked at a book preservation and like area of the library. Um, and she just, her, she's got lots of stuff with lettering and text, um, and all of these really like, kind of graphic, you know, um, illustrations of paintings of women and, you know, um, playing guitar and just with like the spindle and the stick, you know, you know, wandering and, oh, she's just, she's one of my favorites. I think you would probably like her work if you like Brian's. Um, she was married to um, the that painter Barry McGee for a little while before she passed. Um, but she's got, yeah, I would recommend that you look up her stuff. It's really cool. What's her last name? Kilgallen, K-I-L-G-A-L-L-E-N. Her first name? Margaret. Margaret. I'll check her out. It's real, like, I don't know. I think it's really comforting and it's familiar, but it's also, I don't know. I just, the color, her color choices are really bold and um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's really neat stuff. So now if somebody wants to buy your work, oh yeah, where can they do that? Um, I have a little website that is called Golden Hour Prints. Um, and it is a little online shop of prints that I have for sale. Um, and then that's probably the easiest way or just, you know, I have Go a lot of Texas. things that I mm -hmm. <laughs> come see you. Yeah. yeah come to Texas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I sell stuff else, you know, elsewhere, but there's a few different places. So, mm. and I have links to all of the other shops that I sell things through on my, um, in my website, but. Or actually, I guess, too, on my Instagram. Um, so that's do you, you know, I think one of the things, one of the reasons why I want to talk to artists and writers on this podcast is because I guess I've, <sighs> creatives get so much, um, you know, pushback from parents and, you know, People who say things like, oh, you can't make it that way. How are you going to make a living while you do this or that? You know, right. what? what is your, what would you say to something like that? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because for years I've been like, I'm going to make art full time and it's going to happen. And that's my goal. And that's my goal. Um, and I'm, you know, on the brink of that. And I'm like, well, actually... I like being around people. Like as long as you have something else that's you enjoy to some degree, mm -hmm. I feel like you don't have to choose. Um, for me, I, I like working at this school because um, I like being around kids, obviously. Um, but I like, I don't know. I just, I think it's important to interact with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like, I think throughout the process of deciding that you need to be checking in with yourself of, you know, can I exist doing something else? What are the benefits of doing something else in my life? Um, you know, or in your life, like, you know, do does having another job kind of afford you opportunities that you don't feel like you need to do things that you don't want to do for money, you know, for to paint, to make money or whatever. Um, 
but I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. I've had like, you know, I have, I have a stressful week at work. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. And I'm going to be a full timer and that's right. it. I'm done. Um, but then I, then I have a good week and I'm like, well, actually, you know, there are benefits there. There are lessons that I think I'm learning, you know, or I'm experiencing while having another job and doing this. Um, I guess ultimately it's all about, about balance and whatever you can do to kind of keep yourself calm. (laughs) And if it's, you know, if you can have that life and be making art full time, then great. But if, if you need to have another job, you know, find the one that's not going to break your back so that you have time to create. Um, Yeah. Well, and you know, I think we need to be inspired too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the other great things of working with kids for the last like 13 years is that, man, they are just a well of inspiration. Mm. They just come in and it's a brand new day every day. Like, I mean, especially working with toddlers, they're just, everything's fresh. Um, mm. And so I feel like, you know, when you have that, that pocket of whatever you're doing, that it can inspire you or just doesn't drain you in a way, in a way that kind of debilitates you, I think. Mm-hmm you know, you, you have the, the opportunity to do other things. Yeah. And, you know, at least as, a, as someone who writes, especially in the last few years, a lot of the type of things I've been working on, it's like, I feel like I need to be out working with people and, yeah, and it, it just like the ideas, the just, you know, keeping my mind moving. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm just sitting in a room thinking about what I should write about, right. I mean, if I'm out in life, I'm gonna know. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know, and I, I would assume that in visual art, there's some correlations to that, right? I think so. I think, yeah, just it, you know, I guess it depends on your work, but for for me, I know that like. I, if I've been home alone or in the studio for too long, or just if I haven't had any experience in the world, then I'm not going to have any new input to add to whatever I want to make in my head. So it's just, it's all, you know, I don't know. And I think too, like, you know, our world is becoming very, it's very easy to be very isolated. It's very easy to just, you know, connect people via Facebook or Instagram or, you know, which is great that you get to connect with so many people, but you also like, I feel like sometimes it, it isolates people from actually having like FaceTime with each other, mm-hmm. like real FaceTime, not like well, <laughs> Apple fa- FaceTime, you know? You know I, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, where this has come up for me a lot of times is that, you know, there are people who only want to text. Right. And I, I can be that way. I mean, there's certain people sure. if I don't want to, if I'd rather not talk to them, I don't talk to them. But also, like, especially when you're getting to know someone and you're forming a bond, yeah, it's kind of hard to do that via text. And right, um, yeah, it's just this is, uh, you know, the are you familiar with the Arcade Fire record, The Suburbs? Do you know about that? No. You should check it out. It's, it's, um, they're Texans too, or at least the lead singer's a Texan. Um, no, uh, it's, it has a song called We Used to Wait. 
which is <laughs> it talks about you know writing letters and waiting yeah. for them to arrive yeah and uh and it talks of, it it's just it's very um you know uh what's the word i'm looking for i mean they're reflective you know they're looking back on their childhoods and um and you know there's a, a lot about life in the suburbs um you know it talks about light pollution and stuff you know where sure <laughs> i need the darkness someone please cut the lights right you know um so yeah it's just really it's just a really cool record that um it's it's a whole it's a th the theme that's the theme modern life there's a song called modern man and and uh you know if it's all right how come you can't sleep at night you know right. that's another yeah thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's really really cool you should check it out but i and that's part of why i want to do this podcast the way that i have and why um you know this we could have done a 15 minute interview where i asked pointed questions and i got the rundown on right. Heather Sunquist's all. Right. But that's not right. what I wanted. I don't want to yeah. do that. I want to have a real conversation. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, yeah, having that, having those experiences or just having conversations is where so much comes from. Um, and I think, and it's not just like the, the tight, you know, the, the bullet points or the, you know, the taglines or whatever, the captions and the things I feel like, you know, having real conversations is what actually, I don't know, it connects us in a way that you can't oh, yeah. be connected any other way. So. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's funny <laughs> because, um, I've always loved this and I guess it took me a long time to figure it out. And at one point, um, and you know, I don't if you've listened, you probably know I'm an addictions counselor. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in yeah. that, you know, and it's and I think it's this this conversation thing that really it's a natural skill that I've mm -hmm. always had. I've always like people are comfortable telling me stuff. And right. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it dating. You know, I've I always like as a kid, I would talk on the phone in that courting process or whatever. Sure. And, and I've come to learn, like I would like, because I would have a deep conversation with someone, I would think, wow, she and I really connect, you know? And yeah, but also I'm a good conversationalist. Right. So that, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a, good perspective partner just because we have right, a right. conversation right 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 there's so, more to it than yeah, that there well is more. i mean yeah but i think yeah. that that's a good a good thing to note in yourself like especially when you know at a young age be like hey yeah that was we had a connection yeah like you know well and it's funny because uh this podcast um i i planned on writing this stuff you know, that that's kind of how I had a blog and I have liked writing about people like writing profile stories and stuff like that, um, getting to know people and writing about them. And that's kind of what I planned on doing. And then there's another artist who's a friend of mine who 
I met with her. I asked her if, if I could interview her and write about her. And, and so I met with her and I recorded it. Like we, we got together twice and I'm interviewing her and I just couldn't bring myself to, I kept thinking, man, I need to write that. I need to, you know, I really need to write that. And I couldn't bring myself to do it. And finally I thought if I wanted to write this, I would have done it already. Right. I want to have a conversation. And then, and so I already had been kicking around the idea of doing a podcast, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. And I realized that's it. That's what, that's what I'm going to do. All these people who I wanted to write about, like Brian was another one that instead of that, I'm going to talk to them. And, uh, that, and I thought about this when you're, when we were talking about, um, making a living and the idea of being an artist all the time. And, 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 um, you know, uh, if I hadn't meandered around, I would have never come to this. Yeah. You know, I would have never figured out that, you know, but if it would have been linear, I wouldn't be here right now. Right. So I've learned to appreciate those twists and turns. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are detours that come out of, you know, experiences like in real life, <laughs> you know, like in, and in, in being um, just like in community with other people or just, you know, learning more about yourself. I think just, I don't know, just things kind of, things come up where you're, where it just takes you in a different place that, you know, actually is a really valuable and important place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and that was, you know, to go back to like the theme of the show, that was my authentic self. Yeah. You know, rather than some idea of what I should do or who I should be like, no, this is what I really feel. Yeah. This is what feels right. And I need to follow that. It's funny. Um, I was listening to one of, one of your podcasts and I can't remember who it was with, but there was a the woman that was talking about the dream or the journaling and the collages. Yeah, that's um, Lucia. Well, she said something about following the child or following your child, your inner child or something. And mm. so f- the the phrase follow the child is such like a huge component of Montessori of just letting the child kind of dictate what they're going to do and just kind of letting them kind of, you know, freely explore and things. But, mm-hmm. but really, you know, after listening to that, I was like, well, actually where, where, like if like based on what she was saying and, and kind of what you're saying right now, it's like, we are following our own child. Like we are following, you know, who we are authentically are mm-hmm. in our experiences. Um, and when you allow yourself that, space to do that you go to the places that you need to be um mm-hmm. you know spiritually or just you know whatever you want to call it um it just was such a funny i was driving to work and i was like oh my goodness she said well and that's 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 what we're doing yeah. <laughs> it was well, such a good like little aha moment and i think i know she had she was a school teacher and she had experience in montessori i think at the time when it really started to emerge in the united states yeah. Huh. Um, and so her name is Lucia Capicchioni mm-hmm. and she wrote, um, she's written a bunch of books. 
One of them is called Recovery of Your Inner Child. And um, and it's all about using art to heal, really, yeah. is what it's about. And um, But she's one of the first people I talked to about this podcast, and she's actually the first interview I did. So episode one, and we talked for a really long time. So then episode five, I think. But episode one talks a lot about her life mm-hmm. and um she's really this this is one of the things about like i feel a lot of times really fortunate the people that i've been able to be exposed to over the course of my life and you know this lady i mean i i like just we ended up becoming friends my ex-wife trained with her um oh. And, um, she stayed at her house and we, you know, we got to know each other and I've stayed in touch all these years and, and she's just been such a, um, encouraging figure in my world. Uh, But like she, one of her first jobs, I think her first job out of college was working at the Eames office in LA. So she was a designer for freaking oh my gosh Charles and Ray Eames that she babysat their kids oh my gosh so you gotta go back to episode one yeah I will yeah it must have it must have been the the newer one that I listened to of hers but oh my goodness the Eames oh man yeah what a what a dream experience that must have been and then this whole inner child thing as she developed that Disney hired her to come in every Friday and consult with the Imagineers and help them get in touch with their inner children. Oh my goodness. I mean, you name it. She's, she's done so many cool things and that's what, yeah, that's, I mean, so it just amazes me sometimes the experiences I've been able to have and, And, you know, talk about the twists and turns of life. I mean, this is where my alcoholism brought me. Yeah. In this, into this world of, you know, helping. And, and, you know, it's, so it started out there, you know, getting into that world was with my addiction. But then I also wrote. So when I started to like train as a counselor and stuff, then, I got a job in a marketing department when I was 25. I honestly really didn't know what marketing was, <laughs> but I could write and they needed, you know, so it's, I was able to take those two things and meld them together and, you know, make a career out of it. And so a lot of the promotion in the industry happens at conferences where people speak. Right. And so I've gotten to meet all these authors. And when I started to do this podcast, I thought, well, I don't really want it to be an addiction podcast. And, and, um, but the more I thought, you know, I have all these resources of people who I've met over the years, it would be kind of crazy not to avail right. myself of those. And it's, I feel like it's worked out pretty well that I've been able to focus on addiction enough, but not so that. It's the entire focus of the podcast, you know. There's, right. Yeah. I, and not that we can't all learn from those concepts because 
I think we can, but that's what is important to me that it's universal. You know, it's not yeah. just subjective. Right. So it's been a blast. That's incredible. Yeah. So anything big on the horizon for you that we should know about? Hmm. I am. What am I doing right now? That's a good question. I have um, um uh, I have a show with um, I'm in a group show in Chicago at this place called Paper Hat um, in February, and that's exciting. That um, they're the people that own that space are really talented printmakers and artists. Um, and I'm gonna do a two person show with a really fantastic artist in Austin named Lance McMahon. Um, and the gallery is called Rec Spec. Um, and that's going to be in the summertime. And those are the two things immediately. And then beyond that, I'm still, I don't know, still figuring all those little pieces out. <laughs> well, you don't want all the answers all at once. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with not having any just yet, but before I get antsy, I suppose. <laughs> Okay, so going back, <laughs> if there if there was one time in your life that, you know, that younger you needed to hear something, when would it have been and what would you say to her? Hmm. I think Hmm. I think most, I mean, I, I feel like it all worked out as it, um, you know, needed to, should have, et cetera. Um, but I feel like leading up to moving to Philadelphia, I think I could have used a little pep talk <laughs> or a little bit of um, a reminder to to listen to myself. You know, when I first moved to Philly, I think I, I just got overwhelmed and put a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, <clears throat> do it right and, you know, not make any mistakes and, you know, be, be the person that, you know, I thought everybody wanted me to be. And I think, um, everybody wanted me just to be who I was. And I think I just felt a lot of pressure on myself. And so I think that that would be a time where I could have, I could have used my you know, future self being like, Hey, <laughs> everything is okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I have been working on, you know, I'm always kind of tweaking this thing and I've, I've wanted to come up with like a beginning question and an end question. Now I've done this twice and I'm starting to, you know, I'm, if it was me, I mean, I would say relax, you know? Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Enjoy your life. But it's right. that's basically, I'm, I have a feeling that I'm going to hear that a lot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that that's something that, you know, when we're younger, we think, you know, it needs to look a certain way or, or, and you know, whatever it so is. serious, you know? It is, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it needs to be, no, or at least there's opportunity for space before you need to get serious. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Heather, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Tom. This is so fun. Yeah, me too. I'm, it's, it's been a blast. 
and uh you know so i'll uh i'll have links in the show notes so people can check out your stuff they're gonna love it and uh i'm gonna get a blog post out before with some examples of your work and you know hopefully this some good comes from this for you oh yeah yeah well it already has because i got to talk to you and that's uh, great thank you. <laughs> well, i feel thank the you. same way yeah all right well have a great evening thank you that sounds great. Thanks so much. All right, there you go. Another episode in the books. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about the show. And this episode's guest at thepathtoauthenticity.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Every little bit helps. I want to thank the band Punk Rock Opera, whose music you hear throughout the show. Their songs are used with permission from the artist and under a Creative Commons license. If you're so inclined, check out the Patreon community. As soon as I do these interviews, I upload them to Patreon um, where the content is only available to patrons. And for just a couple bucks a month, I usually post audio content there, exclusive audio content probably eight times a month, if not more. And as these new episodes are released, as soon as they're done, they're available to patrons. So sometimes that might be two weeks before an episode is released or even longer. Usually it's a few days. Anyway, if you want to support, if you want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. So thanks again for investing your time. It's a big deal to me. Thank you for supporting me and supporting the show. I hope you keep coming back. Be nice. That's our story. I hope you enjoyed the punk rock opera. And we have one last piece of music for you. Goes like this.
nation Self-made bands We cut our teeth With bloody hands The rage Has instilled in us Can feed a crowd Thank you. Good night.